I'm speaking with Sam Clowers. Sam is 101 years old and is a Pearl Harbor survivor. Today is Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th. Pearl Harbor happened 79 years ago. Another little detail here is Sam Clower is also my uncle, known in, known in the family as Uncle Earl. So if I call you Uncle Earl from time to time in the interview, Sam, it's just because that's what I'm used to. Uh, welcome to KVMR Radio. Yeah. So this would be the 79th? 79th. 79th. Earl, you were, you were in the uh, uh, Army, were you at the time? Yes. And tell us about how you actually got to Pearl Harbor uh, and how you were assigned there. Well, I volunteered to go in the service in uh, 1939, and I went to Hawaii in 39. And uh, so, therefore, I was assigned to 19th Infantry, 24th Division, Headquarters Company, as a young GI. And... uh, of course, I had a lot to learn. I'm, like all young GIs, uh, you had to, to respect your elders and your. Uh, as you know, even though we don't realize it, the a lot of the uh, first sergeants and the older men in, uh, in in the army at that time were World War Two people. They'd been, I mean, World War One people, rather. Then they had stayed in the army and made it a career, and then raised families, and they lived on the post, and uh, with their families, and sent their kids to school on the base, and raised their families, and see, and uh, chose to seek that career. Was it a concern that the Japanese might invade Pearl Harbor, or, or to you and your fellow soldiers, did it come as a total surprise? It was. It was a total surprise. Let's back up and say, though, that one year prior to Pearl Harbor, uh, our regiment went on an alert, and we moved out into the field and set up our weapons and our Field artillery, everything, because there's a rumor that the Japanese were in the North Sea. It wasn't just a rumor; it was a fact. They were maneuvering up in the North Sea, and uh, so therefore, the uh, army, uh, realizing that, went on a, a what they call yellow alert, as well as one year prior to the attack. So it wasn't then a total surprise? No, it wasn't a total surprise. It was a total surprise that they they did it. But uh, uh, we, uh, the military had uh, more or less realized that uh, we, the Japanese at that time were not our friends. They were our enemy at the time. <laughs> And uh, where were you the actual day of uh, uh, the attack? On the actual day, it was on December the 6th, which was a Saturday. Uh, our company went on alert. I was chosen as a leader of a group of people, and we went up to 
Wheeler Fields, which was east part of Schofield Barracks, and his water reservoir. And we went on alert and put our guards out and was uh, looking forward to sabotage. We wanted the intent was to preclude the, the local Japanese from uh, putting poison in our water or, or causing other problems because they they uh, they were well known to have uh, associated themselves with uh, many activities within the Pearl Harbor within the area because they were all fishermen. They had little sampans and they were taking uh, GIs out on the sampans and and uh, with the idea of taking them fishing. And their actual intent was that uh, they would uh, try to take information that would uh, help them in the future. Well, Earl, the day of Pearl Harbor, what was the first first thing that alerted you that this was an attack? On that morning, on December the 7th, we got up for uh, our people up at 6 o'clock in the morning and alert all out on the, the, the tarmac to feed them our breakfast. And as we were out there getting our breakfast, we looked up and we saw this flight of aircraft coming in from the north. And our comment was, well, there's the, our boys, they're out on patrol. They'll be back and go be going, uh, playing golf, and then we'll still be on duty until noontime. And so this was our thought. And, uh, and and at 9:55, that turned into an actual attack. The those planes that were coming in from the north bombed Pearl Harbor, made the circle, and bombed Eva and other places, and came back and destroyed Wheeler Field, which I was assigned to, and destroyed the field. So, Earl, you weren't actually there. You were up on the hill, kind of around the corner from Pearl Harbor, so to speak. When did you actually uh, go down in, into Pearl Harbor itself? About a week after the attack, uh, the, I was appointed as a first sergeant of the organization, and my uh, company commander asked me to, to follow, go with him, and we went down to uh, Pearl Harbor and, and uh, looked at the uh, Pearl Harbor and uh, and Honolulu uh, to look at the damage that had been created. And there were over 2,000 American casualties, correct? Yes, yes. Uh, friends of yours? Many of them were, yes. Yes. And now here we are, 79 years later, and... Um, uh, Sam, I'd uh, like to inform our our listeners: you are 101 years old. Um, my uh, my uncle, <laughs> so I'm just so proud of you. And uh, uh, I'm getting all kind of kind of uh, broke up here. But um, uh, Sam, uh, how many Pearl Harbor survivors are, are left in California? Very very few. I know of uh, one up in Grass Valley. I know of two, uh, three in the Bay Area, 
and I know about three is done in the L.A. area. So we're talking maybe a, a, a dozen at the most. And, and they're all, all of them are uh, uh, 100 years old or 101. And uh, at one time, you were kind of the uh, kind of head of the Pearl Harbor Survivors Group in California. Is that correct? Yes, I was state chairman for Pearl Harbor Survivors Group for 18 years. And uh, and you're still here. And I'm still here. Uh, Sam, when Pearl Harbor Day comes around every year, uh, how does it make you feel? Well. And uh, naturally, you, you have a, a reminiscence of the what happened, and, and you realize that uh, uh, you were a victim of circumstances, and there's nothing you could have done about it. Uh, we were uh, up on this uh, point up above Wheeler Field, and it was bombed and, and destroyed the field, and, and uh, uh, the only thing we could do was to uh, protect the uh, area from uh, sabotage of uh, somebody coming along and poisoning the water or uh, uh, doing things like that. And then, of course, after the attack, uh, we went on a yellow alert, and we had troops all along the coastline uh, watching for uh, submarines and uh, so forth. And... Uh, in the event that they might have decided that, uh, to invade by submarine, which they did not, but they could have. So, Sam, what was your, can you just give us an idea of, of what your military assignments were after Pearl Harbor? Yeah, I was first sergeant of the company. Uh, I, had, uh, I was the youngest first sergeant of my regiment, and I was first sergeant of my company. And I, uh, we moved out into the fields and set up the fields to train and prepare our people for eventually going to, into the South Pacific. And and where were you assigned later? Uh, first, we went to Australia and then to New Guinea and then back to the States. You were not somebody who was drafted into the war. You were there before it started. That's right. Sam, another thing that you've made me aware of is you are recovering from the coronavirus at the age of 101. How are you doing? I feel uh, not too strong. I don't have any appetite at the present time. And my food is, uh, uh, I have to choose what I eat and try to eat and appropriate amount of food to keep my strength up. And uh, other than that, that's about all I can do. I don't have to, I'm on regular medication I've been taking for years that that had nothing to do with the virus. But uh, the uh, the test that I have to take is every day they take an oxygen test. They take uh, uh, my uh, heartbeat and my temperature and all those things, which I record, and, and uh, from out of record. And so far, even though uh, my children are in the hospital, uh, I had no problem whatsoever with any of these problems. I, I still don't have any problem with them. 
So the important thing is you're not in the hospital. You're really recovering from the virus. Yes. And, of course, you don't get to see anybody. <laughs> That's another thing. No, I can't see anybody. They tell me that in uh, six more days they're going to test me again, and then I might be able to see somebody. And you're in a, uh assisted living facility at this time. Yes. And you do get to talk to your your sons, my my cousins, and my um, and you guys. You, you all talk pretty regular, I understand. Yes, I talk to them all on the telephone. They're the ones that told me where you were. So, well, Sam, uh, what are some thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with about Pearl Harbor? Uh, you've uh, very articulate about it, and you still are. And as being one of the one of the survivors, you have uh, unique experiences to share. Can you can you give us some thoughts? The only thought I have is that our nation realized later on what had happened, and of course there was a lesson learned too late. But the fact that uh, we prepared ourselves for the invasion of other areas in the South Pacific. And then, of course, in Europe, and uh, Pearl Harbor became the uh, motto of, uh, we used to say, let's remember Pearl Harbor. Well, Uncle Earl, I hope we have many more discussions. We'll do this every year, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for speaking with KVMR. Thank you for remembering us. You bet. I've been speaking with my uncle, Sam Clower, who is 101 years old and is a survivor of Pearl Harbor and the COVID virus. I'm Paul Emery for KVMR.